Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey listeners, this Thursday is a leap year. And for this cosmic event, February 29th, Jennifer Mitchell is joining us in Sense of Souls Sacred Circle to facilitate a quantum leap experience. It's only $29. And as a member of Sense of Souls Patreon, you even get 25% off of that. It's your last chance to sign up for the Quantum Leap Experience. Join us and embrace the cosmic influence of this transformational event to propel you into the future you desire. You do not want to miss this. You can find the link in the show notes, or you could visit www.senseofsoulpodcast.com. Hope to see you there. And today on Sense of Soul, we have another amazing, sweet repeat, Lisa Barnett. She is the founder of the Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom, which has thousands of students worldwide. She has devoted over 25 years to sharing Akashic wisdom so clients can understand and align with their soul plan to find greater fulfillment, happiness, abundance, and health. Lisa is a best-selling author, and she had two new books last year, Your Soul Has a Plan, Awaken to Your Life Purpose Through the Akashic Records, and Lisa's book, Akasha, Spiritual Experience of Accessing the Infinite Intelligence of Our Souls in the Common Sensius series. And in this episode, Lisa shares with us the importance of accessing the Akashic Records and understanding your soul's plan. So please welcome back. It's been a few years, Lisa. Thank you so much for returning on to Sense of Soul podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you again. Oh, thank you. It's so fun to be here with you and just to catch up a little this morning. So thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, Sense of Soul came together because, you know, I had awakened to, I was more than just this body. I was a soul and I had grown up really with some conditioned thoughts on what the soul was, but I did always believe in that soul purpose. You know, it is so fascinating and just really the first thing that kind of comes through from the record keepers to say is, you know, that's because you're a very old soul. And so we Mm -hmm. sometimes don't think that because maybe we didn't wake up until we were in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. We often judge ourselves, like, how could I have not known? Why wasn't I more spiritual younger if I'm an old soul? But really, the truth is, is that we do come to have this experience of life. And it's one of the things the record keeper said to me. I was probably in my late 30s or something when I asked them and I said, did I totally screw up my life? I mean, I was on such a spiritual path from the time I was 14. And I started reading every esoteric book because I was very awake as a kid. And then I'm studying philosophy in college. And then my best friend died. And I was like, nope, I'm over it. I'm not going to do whatever that was. I'm not going down that rabbit hole anymore. (laughs) I'm mad. 
I was like a stubborn mad kid, right? And so it's like, I'm going to go work in corporate and make money and travel and have fun. You know, I'm going to do what humans do. I literally thought stuff like that. So it's pretty weird. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I want to go back to sleep, which we actually mm-hmm. can't do. Although I did a pretty good job of kind of forgetting. But they really say, you know, we come to have those experiences because that's part of the soul growth. And so all the crazy stuff I did in my 20s and all that I learned, they say you wouldn't be who you are now if you didn't have those experiences, right? That creates compassion and really gives us a bigger view. And it often moves us out of places of being judgmental because we're like, well, I can't judge anyone because, right, I did all sorts of crazy stuff. So. <laughs> I think it's interesting how we as souls actually plan these complicated lives. Wow. You know, I feel like through synchronicities or through dreams, like the people around me are truly familiar. And sometimes I don't even know them, but yet I'm like, I feel like I know you. I feel like I've been here before. Or, you know, what about deja vus? You know, I had a deja vu the other day. And those are things that I've pondered on my whole life. Like, what is this? It's like on the tip of your tongue kind of feeling. What is that? Are those connected to the other side? Yes. Well, absolutely. Because there is no time and space. So we have... Such a hard concept. I know. And and one of the ways I kind of look at it, and it's almost like we have these wrinkles in time. I believe that we are more fluid than we realize. And sometimes we've gone forward in that, you know, some of those times, sometimes it's similar, but it was actually on a different timeline. So time is way more fluid in those kinds of ways. And I work in, of course, the Akashic Records, right? And so all of the information that I'm bringing through or channeling or when I'm ever saying, you know, what they're saying is, of course, the Akashic Record Keepers, just to get everybody all on one page, in case they've never heard. (laughs) Of the Record Keepers, yeah. Well, what is the Akashic Records? It is the recording of your soul's journey through all time-space continuum. So again, when we start to imagine that we are these very infinite, expansive souls that we have lived on earth alone, most of us have lived hundreds and hundreds of lives. So by the time we get spiritual, usually we've already had 400, 500, 600 lives on earth alone. We also live in other dimensions, other planes. Some people have lived in the angelic realm. I would venture to say that we are all starseed. That means we've all lived on other planets or planes also. And so you have your own library. And that's what the Akashic Record is. It is the recording of this journey. And I kind of like to imagine it because I'm kind of old and linear. I like to imagine (laughs) I have this beautiful old stone library filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of books. And each book represents a lifetime. 
whether it's here or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so we have this whole big library all about us, which is super cool, really, when you think about it. And we have our own set of Akashic Record librarians who I just usually refer to as the record keepers because these are pure source energy. They are in service to us. They keep our records. So they're the ones who answer our questions if we ask them questions. And so I just like to imagine I've got my own personal library and my own personal librarians. And so I teach people to go into their own Akashic record so they can ask their record keepers all these big questions that we often have floating around in our head most of our life. I feel like there's been so many moments in my life that I have tapped into this Akashic record, but I didn't know it where I've been like, hmm, I wonder what that dream means like, or what is the synchronicity trying to tell me? And I'm racking my brain for like a year (laughs) when that maybe is something that would have helped me discover why I was receiving those messages. Absolutely. And that is, to me, one of the cool things. So I always tell my students, when you learn to access your own Akashic record, you could have a conversation with your record keepers every day. It could be something simple like, what was that dream actually about? (laughs) Right? What did that represent to me compared to reading a dream book and seeing what those symbols mean to someone else? What did that mean? What was my soul trying to tell me? What was going on? Is that a memory? Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're past life memories. Often they're very symbolic. There are times when we have really lucid dreams, and that's because we're really actually meeting up with other souls that we know in bodies. But when we meet up on the astral plane, it usually comes through a little bit more strange. Like maybe you know the person, but you're some odd place, right? Like you've never been. So those kind of dreams are really us playing with our friends on the astral plane. If you can go to the place, and this is where sometimes it's easier to understand the no time space continuum idea, is that we can go into the future, right? Mm -hmm. We can, because it's all happening now. Sometimes we bring some of that futuristic information back because we came to invent something. So we've already invented it in another time continuum. And now we remember it and get that download in our dreams. (laughs) Do the Akashic records also have future versions of yourself and information or is it all just past lives? Well, you know, honestly, it's easier to, it's easier to access. I think the past for most of us humans There is. So often when I go into the future, it feels a little bit more energetic, but it can be very, very helpful because what I'll do with my clients is sometimes they'll have blocks or fears and we can clear them, say, from their childhood or maybe a past life. But you also want to clear whatever that was that is not serving you that you've projected forward into the future. I mean, you know, if we're think we're talk, I'm talking like we're on a linear timeline. We're not. The quantum field would be like a an infinite ball of energy, right? Like in the void. So 
It's not linear. Our brains like to imagine it that way. But so I can kind of work that way with clients like, oh, here's, you know, childhood beliefs and unconscious beliefs. Here's some past life trauma that energetically is stuck in your field. And here's future energy that you've projected out or is in a future life that can also be not serving you. Maybe it has um, some pain or some trauma, some, you know, negative experiences, just like we had in the past, we can have them in the future. So in those same way, we can go into that kind of future, release some of the trauma, emotional pain, physical pain, beliefs, all of that, that block us, release that. And then we can ask our record keepers to help us reclaim whatever the gifts and talents, whatever the wisdom, the conscious or unconscious beliefs that we, that would serve us from Mm -hmm. the future, from the past and bring them into this body in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely can go either way. (laughs) Right. So can I ask you, where does ancestry fit in to our soul's plan? And do we actually choose to come into a specific lineage to do this work like I've done on my lineage, which they needed a lot of work? (laughs) Yes, we often do choose a family with a couple of different types of criteria. So often we will pick a mother or father or both not always both, right? We often think, oh, I have to have a soul contract with my parents. Well, you actually don't. We sometimes pick a family more for the lineage. So it might have something to do with the genetics, the wisdom that's been in this family. Maybe we're picking it to come in and be with a grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, somebody else in the family. Of course, you know, we have some contract, you know, with the mother as a physical vehicle. But bigger contract is possibly around that ancestral lineage. And the other thing that's fascinating is that we may come into a family where we have been part of that ancestry, right? That means like, I may have been my great, great, great grandmother, There's wisdom, there's energy, there's information, there's genes, there's genetics that I want again. And so I come back into that same family. We have a lot of gifts in our ancestral lineage, whether we think about it or not. But often, you know, you've probably come into a family that had seers, right, who maybe had more psychic kind of gifts that they brought into the world one, two, three, four generations back. And so we're like, oh, I want those gifts in my life now. So that's helpful. And as a rule, you know, we'll also have soul contracts with at least one of the parents. And so we also come in again you know, we want, you know, we, we wanted to get a lot of work done. I think it's funny because, you know, we are these huge ancient souls and it really is a gift to get to come into a body. I mean, if you could just imagine the billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of, or trillions, maybe would be a better (laughs) word of souls in the multiverse and 7 billion people on the planet sounds like a lot, Mm -hmm. but 
not compared yeah. to, you know, and, and so I know as light workers, we often kind of tend to complain and think, oh my gosh, why am I here again? And then this is so hard, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of that kind of thinking. But the truth is, is that when we can tap into the infinite soul that you are, when you can learn to tap into your Akashic records and remember, reclaim, and again, do a lot of this healing. So I teach my students to very simply heal a lot of the ancestral lineage so we can reclaim those gifts. So as we do healing work for ourselves, the Akashic Record Keepers always say it is rippling out. So if I'm healing a trauma in my life, that's going to ripple out and also affect other people who have similar traumas that are in my you know, family, my community, right? It's in a my timeless healing, yeah. And so it's helping everyone, not just you, but of course, you know, it's so important. And then, and then the collective, the more we can heal some of these big traumas on the planet, you know, around things like abuse and lack and big, yeah, injustices in the world. That's why so many light workers are here. Like it's time, it's just time. And so we step into big contracts. So I just want to mention my book, Your Soul Has a Plan, Awaken to Your Life Purpose Through the Akashic Records. And the record keepers started having me write this book almost two years ago. So it's interesting because when I write a book, I only write it because the record keepers say it's time to write another book. And I'm like, okay, what are we writing about? And they said, it's important at this time in history now for people to understand that your soul wrote a plan before you embodied and you literally chose the soul contracts with all these different people, your parents, your significant partners, your children, your best friends, your business partners, all of these different people. Most of us write, I'm going to say, you know, around 50, you know, so for some people, it might be 25 contracts. And for someone else, they might write 100, depending on what we're doing in our life in the world. But we write all these contracts. And then we say, these are the gifts and talents I want to bring back also. And this is the lessons that I want to learn and grow around as a soul. So we literally pick karmic patterns. And I always like to say that karma has nothing to do with punishment. It's not because (laughs) you've been a bad soul. It's because your soul says, I haven't figured that out yet, right? Every time, say, I'll use a simple example. Every time I am in a relationship, I get really jealous. And so I leave the relationship or I drive the other person away because my jealousy takes over. And so that's a repeating pattern. And we might notice it from one relationship to another, but those patterns are often through many other lifetimes. So we say, oh, I haven't figured out that karmic pattern. I haven't figured out abundance yet. I don't know why every time I get a little bit of money, my car breaks, my cat goes to has to go to the vet. I have to move. Something happens, right? haven't figured out the flow of abundance yet. So I think I'll work on, you know, these projects in this life. And that's literally what you write in your soul's plan. So we write contracts 
that have support in them, right? Soul family members who love us no matter what, those soul family members who we love also kind of no matter what, hopefully they're your significant partners, they're your best friends, they're your kids and your parents. Hopefully, often it doesn't work out that way because, you know, we like a challenge, right? (laughs) The record keepers often say, otherwise you'd all be bored and just let's just say, you know, that's yeah. not fun either. Pick it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we need a challenge. We're ancient wise souls. We want a challenge. So we write that challenge into our soul plan. And so as we learn and we can figure out, you know, so maybe, you know, I, or maybe I figure out early in my lifetime, whatever that jealousy was about. And, and in the end, it comes very much down to self-love. I don't love myself enough. I don't think highly enough of myself. So I do a lot of work in my life around, say, that aspect. So I, I fall in love with myself. I realize that as a unique soul, I have gifts to offer. I get over the jealousy thing. I find that soul contract, that person that I have a beautiful support contract with. Now I've broken through that old karmic, emotional, painful pattern. All right. And maybe I become a therapist because I realize, ooh, I have something I can really help other people with because now I understand whatever jealousy and I lack of self love on the planet. And because so, I'm going to venture to say that most of us, if not all of us, have some level of, you know, self doubt and believing that we're really not worthy. We're not good enough. We don't deserve that. All of that. So, Maybe that's what we decide is the best way to bring out our gifts is to be an Akashic reader or healer, be a therapist, you know, to work with people in some kind of counseling or tapping, EFT, some kind of healing, right? So we make all these plans before we embody. So you write that complicated plan. And kind of the fun thing with this book is that when I wrote it, the record keeper said, we want it to be a workbook too, right? So in every chapter, we added a section at the end that has exercises for reflection. So there's some beautiful questions to reflect back on so that not only are you reading about a plan in general, but what was my plan? What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. And I give you some beautiful guided visualizations like my column of light meditation to help bring everybody into the Akashic records and then healing prayers that I wrote another book that have 73 healing prayers. So there's a beautiful smattering of clearing and healing prayers in this book too. So it kind of works as a workbook and helps you understand the plan your soul wrote, how it helps you to awaken to your life purpose, how you can do some healing for yourself with these um, clearing prayers. Little breadcrumbs, you know. Breadcrumbs, workbook, a little clearing, right, to bring this information more conscious. Because I do believe we have these abilities to access the Akashic records, whether you're taking one of my workshops and learning my five-step wisdom prayer system that really teaches you step-by-step to access your records, or you're starting with the book like Your Soul Has a Plan, doing some of the visualizations, asking questions, asking your higher self, going into your intuitive knowingness, getting Mm -hmm. a little bit of information, a little bit of downloads, just a perfect way to start, especially 
as you're starting to wake up, right? Because they want us to understand that we're not victims in this world. We're not victims of a life that is being done to us. It is a plan that you literally wrote for yourselves before you embodied. Hey listeners, so sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to tell you about my newest affiliate in the network of lightworkers, Janine Lo. She is one of UK's top Chinese astrologists. If you want to know what's in store for 2024, then you can schedule a session with Janine. Go to the network of lightworkers on www.senseofsoulpodcast.com and click on Janine and schedule your Chinese astrology reading today. It's the year of the dragon, so lots of luck and opportunities are coming your way. So go check it out. Now back to our amazing guest. Think also you start looking for the lessons and in, in all of your challenges too, because I know I'm at a place where I'm not very attached to a lot of things. And so when things happen, I'm like, what's going to be the lesson today on this one? <laughs> but you know, like I don't have a car right now. My car, the engine light went flashing and I went to get a rental car and they don't, they don't take debit card. I'm like, <laughs> I, mean, I have to wait 24 hours or I'm like, okay, crazy. So what can I do? It's the end of the world. No. Right. I, yeah. You know, I'm just yeah, not attached yeah. to that anger, that car, that place I need to go. And so for me, knowing that everything is happening as it should be, it right. just kind right. of relaxes you a little bit more when challenge comes into your life. It's huge just to be able to think you know, I know that this is happening for me. It's not happening to me. This is, you know, not because I'm a bad person or the world is messed up. Maybe it's about you taking a little bit of personal time for yourself to not be running out in the world and doing and doing and working so hard. Sometimes it's like, oh, what a gift. I get to sit and chill. Maybe I'll take a nap this afternoon. Maybe I'll get to, to uh, soak in a nice Epsom salt bath or do a beautiful meditation I've been meaning to listen to for the last few weeks, right? Wow. All of a sudden, that challenge just became a gift. What a gift. What a blessing. I get time for myself. <laughs> it's right. so true. And you know what? The smallest little things can be, I think sometimes the biggest things in your life. I mean, I've, I had a bubble bath. You mentioned, did you mention bubble bath? Just oh, now? I said salt, yeah. Yes. It was one of the most divine moments. And it was all about this bubble bath that was sitting in the corner, like this soap. And then the, it said, begin again. I'll never forget the moment. It was a point where I became so aware that I had not been aware. So it was so small, but yet it was so important in my journey. And I'm like, I think that that bubble bath was definitely divinely put there. <laughs> and sometimes I feel that way about things. You're like, I think that I set this up in this way for this to unfold exactly the way it is. It just feels that way. And so in between death and a new life, do we actually sit down? Like, is it with somebody? Is it with these keepers or yeah, something record I mean, like, keepers. How work? What look like <laughs> yeah well yeah so often kind of at the end we go back and we revisit that plan we wrote 
you know, did I follow through on my soul plan? Did I learn the lessons? Did I share the gifts and talents? Did I support all of those people I wrote those soul contracts with? Did they get to support me? It's like going back of the movie Defending Your Life because it's very funny, but you're not defending it. It's like, what did I learn? What did I miss? Where could I have like maybe been more expansive? Maybe I could have been more supportive of that person if I could only think about it differently, see it differently, right? And so we do absolutely kind of do a recap. And of course, there are people who are newer souls to the planet who really don't get it. Maybe they're working on an anger issue or or they decided they really want to kind of finish off a lot of their old karmic patterns. And so their life looks horrific. It really, you know, can, can you write off somebody out of your contract? You're like, I, I'm done with this person. <laughs> yeah. So interestingly, if you write a contract with someone and maybe you come to learn and grow, you come to support them or whatever that is and work through some challenge and they don't get it. They don't wake up. I always kind of think of this as I've had so many clients who have had like alcoholic parents, right? And that soul is coming in and they're like, I'm going to be the love. I'm going to be your little love bug child. And you're going to love me so much. And I'm going to love you so much. You're going to wake up. You're going to realize that 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 was just an old pattern that you can give up that addiction that we can move into this space of love, right? Of course, because we're these beautiful, infinite souls of love, we're like, yeah, let's do that. And then it doesn't work out that way, right? And so there are times and places where we do what we can and the other soul maybe is like, no, I'm just into the addictive pattern. I'm going to keep working on this addictive pattern. Like they don't get it. They're not waking up. There's no spark happening. And so that contract becomes null and void. So you did everything you could. You were the love. You were whatever, compassion. Maybe you tried to help them get into rehab or, you know, take care of them without becoming codependent again, right? So it's important that we don't, you know, go down that rabbit hole with them by becoming codependent and just sticking with them and, you know, maybe becoming an alcoholic with that alcoholic parent or, right? So there's definitely times where a contract is complete and we just end up needing to say, you know, I'm going on my journey. I have other things to do. I came to do other work also. And, you know, I'm here for you if you need me and back together in a different configuration in another lifetime. Okay. In a, in different roles of somehow. Yeah. Sometimes we might play it out again, just like that, or we might do it. Really? We might come back as married couple, or maybe I, you, you come back as the parent and you have a child who has, you know, an addictive pattern, right? So our soul family is part of a group of souls that we were born with, right? So basically the way the record keepers explain it is when we individuate from source, there's usually, you know, just say 30, 50 souls that are kind of come together, all individuating in that moment and starting their journey together. So you have this soul family and you 
really hang out together through all time space continuum. Not always, but mm-hmm. of, you know, there's always some of those souls in your world. We write contracts with those souls and to work on these different patterns. So they can be our support. They can be sometimes our biggest nemesis. They can be our biggest right. challenge because yeah. they said, hey, I'll do that. I'll be that person in your life. So you right. can learn that lesson. My little, you know, I have four children from two different generations and oh. my 11 year old It's really funny, but my oldest daughter and I have always felt like she was our mother, like she mothers us. And since she was very little, she's way mature than us. It's very odd. (laughs) But one time when she was four, she was mad at me and she goes, I shouldn't have picked you. Wow. Wow. And that's so cool because that's when we're awake. That's when I woke up. I was like three years old. Right. And I was like, oh no, I'm trapped in a body again. I could like (laughs) I want to go home. I used to tell my mother, I want to go back. I want to go back, you know? And so, because veil is more thin, right? At that point, more memories on the other side than you, you know, you've made in this life. Right. So So she may have just been thinking exactly that, like, darn it, what was I thinking? In the same, I can't tell you how many times, Lisa, I just have stared at her and have had this feeling like, oh my God, I'm so glad you picked me. Hmm. I mean, I feel so honored to be her mom all the time, you know, and I have four kids. I mean, I love them all, but there's something about that picking and there's something and my oldest daughter feels it too. I mean, they're 12 years apart and they're like best friends. So does every soul have a purpose that they're ultimately trying to evolve to? I love that question. So this is really what the record keepers say is they say, Your sole purpose is to complete your plan. (laughs) Okay. Figure out your plan. Complete your plan. That's your big purpose because it's not like a job description. So yes, we have big purposes, multiple purposes again, or they say you would be so bored if you had one. So obviously, you know, I have three children. You've got four. You know, part of our purposes is to have these children to bring them into the world, to kind of help them wake up, to be that divine mother energy, to support them, right? So that's a big piece of purpose for many people in the world, you know, is their children. And we have purposes of holding a higher energy or light. Sometimes it's about like teaching a lesson, just like I was saying in that example before, right? If I could learn to be greater love, if I can overcome judgment or anger or, you know, my old feelings of being a victim, all of those are really part of our purposes because it's about your soul's growth. Your purpose is to grow as a soul, to share those gifts and talents with humanity, right? To fulfill your contracts. So those are really the bigger purposes. Is our individual journeys really, truly a collective journey in the end? Because I do believe that you heal yourself, this is going to, I mean, if everyone just healed themselves, I mean, this world would be in peace. We would. Yes, absolutely. So it really is one huge project. And the more people get on board, the faster we'll be able to move into a higher vibrational world which is will be a world of unconditional love, of peace, right? Of balance. It's interesting because the record keepers often say there's a very big contract 
the planet to help rebalance masculine and feminine energy because the divine masculine has been so out of balance. The divine feminine is out of balance, right? Really severely imbalanced for thousands and thousands of years. And so that's a big project that we're working on in every way, right? Bringing again, levels of equality between men and women, equality among every human, equality, humans and animals. Lack of compassion and empathy, as you mentioned earlier. This world is lacking empathy for other human beings in the earth. Right, all of it. It's a huge collective project. This is why we come. We're working. We're working. working. Yes, we are. We are working. (laughs) Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you to be able to learn how to tap into this so they can start their work? Hmm. So akashicknowing.com is my website. So just one word, akashicknowing.com. You will find my four books. You will find my online workshop. So I try and teach an online learn to access your own Akashic Record workshop every few months. And so you can always go there and check out what's the next online workshop. I teach home study. I do Akashic reading and healing sessions for clients. Alliance. And so all of that you'll find at akashicknowing.com. And then you have three books? Four. Four books. <laughs> Four okay. books. <laughs> right. And they're all there on my homepage. They're all on Amazon. Of course, if you put in Lisa Barnett on Amazon, you would find all four of my books would come up. But also go to Akashic Knowing and you'll see them listed. There's links. And as a matter of fact, there are free gifts that go with my two newest books. The other one called Akasha is part of a common sentient series of books. And so there's four free, beautiful kind of Akashic gifts to bring you into the records and to just to learn more, some guided visualizations. And so you'll find that you'll find the, you'll see all four of them there as well as, you know, I do a lot of readings and healing for people who just, you know, they want those questions answered sooner than later. They come to me for a session or two or three, and then they go on and take a class, which is, you know, a a kind of common way for people to go. And some people are just ready. They're like, I want to know how to do this for myself so that I can open my records and ask questions every day, right? Is it in my highest and best good to take this new job? Or do I have a soul contract with this person I just met? Are they part of my soul family? Do you believe in the whole twin flame thing? Because that's been something that people have been mentioning to me lately. I don't know about that. Uh, No, you know, I honestly... Well, it's not me who believes or doesn't believe. What the record keepers say is that you have a big soul family. Mm -hmm. And what we're recognizing is people that we have been with in hundreds and thousands of lifetimes. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, I know you so well. You must be my other half, but we have way more than one other half, right? Could you imagine finding one person out of 7 billion people on the planet, right? So luckily, there may be hundreds of soul family members on the planet that you would resonate with, that you would remember, or that you wrote a soul contract to learn and grow with. Yeah, I don't believe there's one twin flame, you know, because we don't break into one piece. We actually break into hundred pieces when we go from our original huge souls. We sometimes break into a hundred or again, we're such big souls, a thousand pieces. And so our soul family goes from 
50 people to 5,000 people. So thinking about all these wars going on, there's very little DNA that separates us from being exactly the same. And without this meat suit, we're all just energy. You know, there's no religion that separates us or, you know, gender or color or race, you know, none. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it it really is, you know, when you rock it, you know, when you really get that concept, it seems so simple and it is so simple. And yet here we're killing each other over an idea of a God or Or land or or whatever it is, you know, Yeah, sad. it really is. And part of what the record keepers talk about, the reason that we create a lot of challenges in our lives to learn, right? These karmic patterns about soul growth is when we can realize that that person maybe who hurt us and sometimes hurt us terribly, that soul is the same soul is part of source, just like you are, is one with the universe, with source, with the quantum field, with the all, just like we all are. When we're not embodied, we are exactly like you're saying, we're light. And when we start to realize we have done it all, we come to this earth also to have these kind of crazy experiences that you don't have everywhere. It makes it pretty impossible when you start to access your records and and start to remember or ask questions and be told about all these different lifetimes where you were not a nice person. When we start to realize that we've done that too, we move out of judgment. We have to be able to realize this is about love and love really is the answer. Being able to be compassionate, being able to be that love that will help and save a soul. And it's complicated because it's hard for us to figure out in a world that's so intense. How do we wade through all of this? How do we really transform this? How do we raise the vibration of everyone? Yeah, we picked a great time, didn't we, for this one? (laughs) And there's more light coming to earth. So earth herself is awakening. So we are really being supported to awaken and to shift. But it's not going to be pretty, right? Because that means all the dark, all the stories, all the lies, all of that stuff that we've lived with for hundreds or thousands of years to be realized, to be released, Mm. to be healed. So it's a powerful time to be alive. And I always feel very grateful to have the guidance of the Akashic Record Keepers. All the years ago, they said it is time for people to access their own records. It is your birthright. When you have that access, that can transform your life with so much ease and grace to realize who you are, to understand your soul's plan, to Mm -hmm. understand all of these aspects and to start to work on shifting your view, right? Of moving from being the victim to realizing, oh, I created this. How can I see it differently? How can I forgive Mm -hmm. myself even for picking this family or situation or this body or whatever it might be in your life. And forgiveness, again, is a huge path towards self-compassion and compassion for others. And again, really awakening. That's what I think we all have to do. This is like so important right now to know thyself, right? Right. Absolutely. It really is. We all do have our own aspect of that mission. And when we can start to think of our purpose in a more simple way, which is to be the light, 
to be the love, like just simply bring it down to love. That means I can be kind and loving and compassionate and caring and supportive of every person that I meet every single day. That will transform the world if every one of us start to think just simply in that way. Let me just be the love. I love that. So if everyone, you know, eventually sometime like gets through and everyone meets their contract, what happens? Do we all just go into the cosmos and our thousands of pieces of source? Well, you know what I think we'll do for, I, it's, it's going to be a process. But <laughs> I believe we're really going to create a beautiful, peaceful kind of earth where we will come and be here embodied in and much more energy of love and compassion and joy that we really will create a beautiful world right here. And that's been the plan all along. So I believe that that is still coming and will eventually be here. And then we're really a choice to come back or not to come back. Okay. To go to other worlds or realms or just reintegrate back into source. I believe that at some point we all do that also. Wow. And we thought life was a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. So much knowledge. I mean, you got me so excited. I feel like I need to get an Akashic reading. I haven't had one in a long time. And my journey has shifted so much. I mean, it used to be about seeking spirit guides and and all the things. And the past year or two, it's been more connecting with my higher self. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I haven't had any, you know, Akashic readings since I've had this big shift. So right. instead of searching blindlessly, I need to just go ahead and tap into the records. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's time, you know, for you to take my Akashic record workshop. That's I know. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna <laughs> check it out. And so akashicknowing.com is where I can check that out at. Absolutely. And you were on Gaia, and so everyone can go check that out. I was on George and Ori's Beyond Belief on Gaia TV. And if you don't have a Gaia account, if you aren't already a member, you can get a seven-day free membership and find me on Beyond Belief with George and Ori. Watch that interview and like it, please. You will. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you for having me on again and very fun conversation. Well, thank you so much. And you know what? When you write your two more books or however many books your keepers are telling you to to write, we'll have you on again. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sons of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.